The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yeah! Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawk, the show that has taken flight here on the Hoop Ball Network, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, reporting live from Atlanta, Georgia, after a long, long week with the highly anticipated presidential election and millions of Georgia residents and Americans alike voted for the future of our country. And as it stands, it seems that Joe Biden will win. And many of you guys have probably been on little sleep, high anxiety, and probably exhausted in all facets, like myself, (laughs) as we watch the election closely. But hopefully, as you tune into this podcast today, I hope that this program can serve as a temporary release and a mind shift as we approach the holiday season and the NBA season. Whoo! I'm so happy the NBA is going to be back as players in the league have come to an agreement to start the season right before Christmas in order to salvage potential lost revenue, which, according to ESPN, could have been worth five hundred million to about one billion dollars in short and long term revenue for the league and the players alike. The league gets to keep their NBA Christmas Day schedule intact, which I certainly enjoy every year as well as fans nationwide and to try not to prohibit people from participating in the Olympics with the season roughly ending early July and the Olympics starting mid-July. It gives those players competing for the U.S. national team as well as the international players like the Luka Doncic and the Giannis Antetokounmpo's to compete for their home nations. So it's great that the league can work out a deal which means which means that we have only a little over a month and a half to get this NBA offseason completed, which, according to Rachel Nichols from The Jump on ESPN, will only be 71 days in total, which would be the shortest offseason of any major U.S. professional sports league in history. Starting with, as of now, trades set to be able to start November 16th, which is on a Monday, according to Shams. The draft still slated for November 18th. Free agency projected as of right now, November 20th through the 21st, which according to Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN is still being discussed as there is reported curiosity about starting free agency before the draft due to player movement and giving those players ample amount of time to make moves. They'll be switching zip codes, time zones, depending on where they're going. Before the start of training camp, and I imagine that the NBA will probably have policies that require those players to quarantine and take standard COVID-19 tests before they are able to join their new team. Training camp is slated to begin on December 1st with a max of three preseason games leading up to the tip of the NBA season, which is slated for December 22nd. In time to get those beloved Christmas Day games on and swimming all that revenue money that comes with it. So get paid, NBA, get paid. And the players get paid as well. The season will consist of a 72-game slate. 
a salary escrow for players in a range of 18% over the next two years due to lost revenue, which is still in negotiation right now between the league and the players association. And also still in negotiation is the financial terms of the amended collective bargaining agreement. And those talks are expected to extend into next week, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. And it seems that the salary cap will be set at $109 million this upcoming season, which gives teams a direction as far as trades and free agency is concerned. The NBA allowed for the practice facilities for teams to be opened up last week. So it will be a very rushed offseason for teams. But for those teams like the Atlanta Hawks that ended play in March, they had ample amount of time to watch as much film on draft prospects as they can get their hands on talk hypothetical trade scenarios and deals behind closed doors and thoroughly comb through this free agent class of 2020 to see who will be available this offseason, who could help their team this year. And I think with the shortened offseason, it will lead to players in this free agent class probably still being signed throughout the season, especially with the draft and everything rushed. And if they're not really sold on someone, they kind of want to see what's on their roster, what's played out. And then it could lead to some mid-year, in-season, big-time free agent acquisition for teams to help put them in positions to get to where each team respectively wants to go this new season, which the ultimate goal is the Larry O'Brien trophy. But this will certainly turn this upcoming season into a marathon slash sprint of a schedule that the European soccer stars overseas normally go through in their offseason being short and then having a lot of competition throughout the year, especially with the miles that they put on their legs in soccer, being involved in their respective leagues, the Champion League or the Europa League, depending on how good their team is, and then country qualifiers for the Olympics, as well as the Olympics being this offseason, or obviously for soccer players, the World Cup, depending on the year. That's really a marathon slash sprint that they have to work through and they're no stranger to this at all and hopefully they can give some pointers to the nba players who have to go through a grind of a schedule this year especially those who are playing for the respective countries in the olympics and i hope that this will help push the narrative for players and the league itself to continue to look into player safety and ways to keep players healthier with this grind that they will have to be put through this upcoming season the importance of nutrition sleep and up-to-date technology to help preserve these players so that we can have a great overall product for the league. And it's not about being soft. It's called protecting your investment. I know a lot of people are like, oh, players now have so much gifted to them, blah, blah, blah. It's not as physical as a league, but they're still putting a lot of miles on their legs in a short amount of time with them projecting to play almost 14 games a month. This is not about being soft. It's about protecting your investment because no one wants to watch a league where the star players or key players on teams are hurt. And that is a fact. COVID-19 has not magically gone away either. So playing in home arenas and travel versus the bubble experience will lead to inevitably an increased number of COVID cases across the league. And they will have to closely monitor travel, hotel, foods to teams, limiting guests in those hotels, rapid testing, and looking at how other leagues have done it, mixed with what made the NBA bubble successful, and try to keep teams on the court as much as possible. 
and more importantly, the star players for the NBA. Paul Pierce on the jump, which I try not to make a point of quoting his quotes as he has been historically wrong in some projections, but he made a very valid point in the monitoring of players who are on the bench who may be more reluctant to go out while on the road as they're not playing high minutes or may not even get in the game at all. They may be the players that are more so reluctant to go out and maybe get a drink, blow off some steams. And hopefully it doesn't come to a situation where a player does that and they get a star player sick from COVID-19 and they have to miss a number of games and come back and rework themselves into the lineup. So there's a lot more health factors to consider with playing in home markets and traveling. And like we said, it's a, it's in a short period of time that they have to get this done and iron the kinks out. And as far as TV revenue, the league will still coincide with football. Some not as much, but still they have to contend with the NFL playoffs, which start in January. And obviously the Super Bowl is in February if they don't get their league pushed back. And when you have to compete with football, you want as full a deck as possible when you're playing this game of revenue share and trying to get ratings. And if you're Adam Silver and the league owners, not to mention the coaches themselves, you don't want problems. You don't, you don't want zero problems, big fella. You don't want anybody missing games because of COVID. You want to try to limit that as much as possible. So player safety and health will be very, very important this upcoming season. No doubt we'll see a lot of load management, but I don't see a lot of expected load management for our Hawks as their layoff was almost nine months once they play a preseason game. And as reported by Shams, based on local regulations, they'll allow arenas to have potentially 25 to 50% capacity with testing prior to entry and social distancing measures in place inside the arena so fans can be in attendance and it will certainly add excitement to games contrary to the player generated excitement in the bubble which was great to see the teams invested in the games and generating their own energy with the lack of fans there but me personally i'm just excited to watch and cover actual hawks basketball be in the State Farm Arena, have an opportunity to see this team. And we've had a lot of talk on this program. We've had a lot of talk on sports radio stations here in Atlanta and nationwide about the potential of the Atlanta Hawks. And it's time to put talk into practice and practice what we preach. And what we're preaching right now is playoffs here in Atlanta. And we still have to go through the draft, trade rumors, free agency, but with the Cap space that the Hawks have, in addition of a potential and experienced coach to the staff, there will be a lot of things to cover over the next few weeks leading up to the tip of the NBA season. And today we will cover a myriad of topics from Nate McMillan rumors, Drew Holiday, and draft prospects. But before we do that, we'll have a quick promo. Okay, listen up, friends. This is big. Like, real big. Like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big. Anyway, on Monday, November 9th, HoopBall's entire portfolio of goodies for the 2020-2021 season is coming out. The Draft Guide, a future access pass to the Brewski 150, our brand new Fantasy Pass, DFS Pass, Wager Pass, 
and the Hoop Ball 360 membership plans. They're all coming out Monday, November 9th. Here's a little more on it. You guys all know what the draft guide and Brewski's 150 are. The guide is the best NBA fantasy draft resource on earth. And the Brewski 150 is the single best rank list every year for a decade straight. But Hoopball's new subscriptions are going to revolutionize how you play fantasy, bet, and watch the NBA. The Fantasy Pass has the draft guide, Brewski 150, and all of our in-season tools in it. The DFS Pass has lineups and Discord chats. The Waiver Pass has winners from the best young handicappers in the industry. You're going to have your mind blown at the extraordinarily low monthly rates. So make sure you follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter for updates or just head to Hoop-Ball.com and sign up for the email list to make sure that you are alerted when it's out. Remember, on Monday, November 9th, the whole portfolio of HoopBall goodies will be out for this upcoming NBA season, so make sure you check it out. So reports have been swirling over the last week or so about some changes that may occur on the coaching staff for the Atlanta Hawks and a very interesting change in my opinion, especially coming in the last guaranteed contract year for head coach Lloyd Pierce. According to multiple sources, the Hawks are closing in on a deal of adding former Indiana Pacers head coach Nate McMillan to the Hawks coaching staff. Nate McMillan played 12 years in the NBA as a point guard for the Seattle Supersonics. He would then go on to coach 20 seasons in the NBA, two years in Seattle as an assistant coach, three years in Indiana as an associate head coach, and 15 years as a head coach in this league for the Seattle Supersonics, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Indiana Pacers. With that many years of experience in different roles in the league as a coach, this could prove to be very invaluable for this young Hawks team with Coach Lloyd Pierce, relatively young in his coaching tenure, entering his third season as a Hawks head coach versus Nate McMillan's 15 years as a head coach, where he has a regular season winning percentage of 529, posting 661 career wins and has been to the postseason nine times out of his 15 years as a head coach but has only made it out the first round once. So, a lot of experience he brings to this team with a defensive mindset, and his teams are usually very competitive. Out of his 15 years as a head coach, he's only had teams with sub-500 record five times total. The winning and competitive spirit that he infuses in his team is just what this young Hawks core needs on their bench alongside their fearless leader in Lloyd Pierce to help them right the ship of the Hawks as they look to become a playoff team this season. And to add someone on the bench with playoff and winning experience is crucial for this Hawks young culture. And it's ironic that the things that they talked about in bubble minicamp and being competitive, competing, making the playoffs. All those things have been infused in Nate McMillan's teams over the years. But one thing I wonder, as I alluded to, is the very interesting timing of this being Lloyd Pierce's last year on contract 
and them bringing in an experienced coach on the bench. Now, you can look a lot into this as teams have done this and are doing this currently. Look at the Los Angeles Lakers having success, bringing in a brain trust of respected former head coaches, i.e. Lionel Collins, Jason Kidd, behind Frank Vogel in L.A., which helped them create one of the best defensive teams and schemes in NBA history and led this team to an NBA title this year. But I feel bringing someone like Nate McMillan on the roster allows Coach Lloyd Pierce to have someone to bounce ideas off of. It may create a little bit of potential anxiety and stress as far as winning this year and having a potential coach in waiting on the bench next to you does send an interesting message in my opinion, but hopefully this just brings the best out in the coach Lloyd Pierce in this young Atlanta Hawks team. As I mentioned, having an experienced coach next to you on the bench can help a young head coach through certain situations within games and throughout the season that may come up. And this team, as I've mentioned many, many times on this program, needs to improve defensively. And having Nate McMillan on your bench to help restructure the defense with scheme could be the straightest path to the playoffs for this Hawks team, as they have many capable scorers on this team already. And players with high defensive upside, like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Bruno Fernando, Clint Capella has already proven to be a very good defender in his league, and John Collins, and how to set up this team in the most efficient way defensively to hide Trey Young's deficiencies on the defensive end, but still get more out of them and put together a team on paper that is respectable defensively. Last year, the Indiana Pacers defense under Coach McMillan were in the top half of the league in statistical categories, including fourth in opponents points per game at 107, almost 108 points per game versus the Hawks who were last in that respective statistic, fifth in opponents effective field goal percentage, fourth in opponents three-point shooting percentage, 10th in opponents two-point shooting percentage, 13th in opponents points in the paint per game, 7th in opponents assists per game, 9th in opponents assist to turnover ratio, 11th in blocks per game, and 4th in steals per game. And offensively, they were a team with the 5th fewest turnovers per game last year, which is another Achilles heel for the Hawks. They're known to have a lot of turnovers being a young team. The Pacers offense was also 12th in effective field goal percentage versus 25th for the Hawks, 2nd in shooting percentage, 6th in assists per game, and 2nd in assists to turnover ratio. Nick McMillan will certainly have an impact on both sides of the ball for this Atlanta Hawks team. If he can infuse what has worked in the past with this teams and being efficient on both sides and being great on the defensive end with this young Hawks core that is in place right now, I think it can spell wonders for this young team personally. And I am sure Nate McMillan can help Lloyd Pierce grow even more as a head coach as he would have a great resource to help improve this Hawks team on the defensive end and improving offensive efficiency. 
Now, I joked on Twitter the other day of the Undertaker meme when he's right behind the wrestler. The Undertaker being Nate McMillan and the wrestler in front being Lloyd Pierce as this guy is right behind him breathing down his neck. But we don't know what the situation is until we see this year play out in his stint with this young Atlanta Hawks team as far as Coach Lloyd Pierce is concerned. And adding Nate McMillan could help him get that option and come back next year if they have some success and could rejuvenate Nick McMillan himself after a surprising into his tenure in Indiana where he made the playoffs every year as the head coach, but was ultimately let go because they never made it past the first round, an MO for Nate McMillan and Nate McMillan coach teams. But his numbers and success in Indiana are particularly remarkable with the constant injuries that he had to deal with, the various trades and turnover on the roster, and the pressure in Indiana with a very successful NBA franchise outside of not having a Larry O'Brien trophy to continue winning in playoff ways for the Pacers after they let go of this year's coach of the NBA champion Lakers, Frank Vogel. I like the move for the Hawks, and as much as we like to look towards the future in regards to this Hawks team, for this current team, this could be the move that, outside of player personnel, that could get this team back into the playoffs, and we will move forward in this program to discuss Drew Holiday as the Pelicans are currently listening to offers for him, and I will give my take on that along with the upcoming NBA draft possibilities with the potential Pelicans trade scenario. But first, another plug for ExpressVPN. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? I mean, I dabbled a bit in it, but after learning about ExpressVPN, I had to see what's up. And it's taking my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Over the weekend, I use ExpressVPN as I finished Prison Break to rewatch one of my other favorite shows of all time, Archer, which is only available on Netflix UK. And it was so simple. I just fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location to the UK, refreshed Netflix, and that was it. I was watching the coolest spot on the planet next to 007, just being... Just being Archer. <laughs> See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located at. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can browse through. You love anime? Well, use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and Kamehameha away. Get it, Dragon Ball Z? Anyway, it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. It's never any buffering or lag. And you can stream in HD with no problems. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So, you can watch what you want on the go, on the big screen, doesn't matter wherever you are. So, 
If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash hoopball, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Three months? Good Lord. So support the show, watch what you want to watch, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Again, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Now back to the program at hand, where we're going to talk a little bit about the Drew Holiday rumors. Now, the New Orleans Pelicans, my home state NBA team, has made it known that they are listening to offers for Drew Holiday, who is arguably one of the most underrated players in this league. And I would say he's very underappreciated to the average NBA fan, but New Orleans loves him. Teams around the league love him. That's why they want to trade for him. And players across the league respect Drew Holiday, including Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant, who both, among others, have recognized him as the best defensive guard in the league. And it don't hurt that he can score 20 points per game and he's a proven leader. Teams like the Brooklyn Nets, Golden State Warriors, Denver Nuggets, and the New York Knicks are all attempting to put together packages to convince general manager David Griffin of the New Orleans Pelicans to trade Holiday as he makes any team better alone with his defensive prowess, scoring ability, and he is known for being a fantastic teammate. Any team would love to add holiday season to the rosters. And as you will see in a rumor mill here on sports radio, TV, and as well as here on Hoopball Hawks, that naturally with the cap space and the assets that the Hawks possess, that the Hawks will enter the group chat. And fans would love to see Drew Holiday next to Trey Young. And personally speaking, I would too. As I alluded to, I am a Pelicans fan and I love Drew Holiday. And as much as I would hate to see him go, he does add a lot of value. As far as bringing talent to New Orleans to put alongside Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And in a basketball sense, it would be a perfect fit in my opinion. The Hawks would get their secondary playmaker who could play alongside of Trey Young and play off the ball as well. An elite defender who you can put on the best one or two guard on the other team. He's a great teammate, competitor, and a hard worker. He can score 20 points per game, have six assists on any given night, two steals, four to five rebounds, and the occasional block on opposing guard. And as a fantasy basketball player, he's a must-grab every year. But as a basketball player in real life, you're getting a player who has a very positive impact on the court throughout his entire career. His career on off court plus minus per 100 possessions is plus 6.2. And he was in the top 25 last year in real plus minus in the league. The Hawks had nobody in the top 50, let alone top 25. And they only had two players in the top 100. John Collins at 62nd and Trey Young at 98th. Now, as far as trade offers go for Drew Holiday, as great as he would be a fit for this Atlanta Hawks team, along with the sixth pick, the Hawks would have to give up a couple assets potentially to get Drew Holiday. And I would err on a side of caution for, for the Hawks to pull the trigger because I know me personally and other fans 
We would like to see these young prospects develop, especially year two for Reddish and Hunter. According to Zach Lowe, he speculates, and I agree with this notion, that the Hawks would have to probably get rid of one of their young wings in order to make this deal done. And in a short, in my short time here in Atlanta, I learned that the Hawks fans love Cam Reddish, and rightfully so, with his upside, and would be very, I would, I would actually say, extremely reluctant to let him go unless they get something in return significantly. DeAndre Hunter has great upside as a 3 and D player whom I would like to keep myself, but I can see that the Pelicans would want him as well. And then there's Kevin Herter, who personally I would not mind giving to New Orleans, along with Dwayne Dedman in the sixth pick for Drew Holiday, which will probably be the asking price for the Pelicans. And they would most likely throw in their 13th pick as well. So the Hawks could still get a decent selection in the mid-first round of the NBA draft, which Mr. Atlanta player development, Jordan Boatwright, shout out Jordan, has mentioned on his program previously that Travis Link, I mean, his track record speaks for it, does a good job with mid-round draft selections. So I would say that if you're not desperate to get Drew Holiday, you want to wait this process out with these young assets and have more cap space for next year, I would say do not make the trade, especially if they want Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter. I say it's a no-go at that point. They would have to send another player back, in my opinion, if Hunter or Reddish is included in a trade scenario. But personally speaking, I would not mind giving them Kevin Herter and Dwayne Dedman along with the sixth pick for Drew Holiday. You let Dwayne Dedman's contract go and an older player, even though you like to have some tenure on his team, you're getting a veteran and Drew Holiday in return. And it would give Bruno Fernando more time on the court. And I think him working alongside with Clint Capella will help him improve in skill and defensively. And if his defensive awareness this year is significantly better or not even significantly any better than last year, then watch out. Cause I really think Bruno Fernando can make a considerable leap this year as he was already skilled and putting the pieces together, just extremely raw playing the game relatively late compared to some others playing here in America, being overseas. And so he's still developing and growing into himself as a basketball player. So letting Deadman walk will give Bruno Fernando more clock and a chance to show all that he's been working on this off season. And although Kevin Herter could make a jump this year to entering his third season, and I certainly hope so for his sake, I feel that it would be an easier pill for the Hawks to swallow, especially if you're getting Drew Holiday in return, the ultimate teammate who can play make, knock down jump shots, shoot 35% from the three, which you only lose two percentage points and three-point shooting from Herter to Drew Holiday. You get a lockdown defender who does things that Herter just does not do on the defensive end at least not yet who knows but i know that there's a contingency of hawks fans on twitter who do not want to give up this sixth pick as they love isaac okoro devin vassell and rightfully so in the spot in the draft where the hawks are located at is a great spot but other teams feel the same way and if you can get a proven contributor, as I mentioned many times on this program, and you do not have to break the bank to get it, why not propel your franchise forward and potentially trade for Drew Holiday? Hmm. 
something to think about. So we'll move on to the draft that is only two and a half weeks away at this point in trades, presumably beginning on the 16th of November. Decisions are quickly approaching for the Hawks as to what will they do with the sixth pick. We've talked about any and every option regarding the sixth pick, trading it up, down, giving it to another team like I just talked about in a scenario with the Spurs and also with the Pelicans. And at six, the players I like for sure for the Hawks would be Onyeka Ongaku from USC, Isaac Okoro, as I mentioned, Tyrese Halliburton and Devin Vassell from Florida State. Any of those players, if we keep the pick, I would like on this Hawks roster, period. All those players feel needs for this team and have tremendous upside to be really good players in this league. But today, I want to allude back to the hypothetical situation for what if the Hawks did trade for Drew Holiday and get the 13th pick from the Pelicans? Who could they get at 13? I've mentioned on this program before with other scenarios that I like Aaron Neesmith and Desmond Bain at that spot. Although Desmond Bain is projected a little lower in the first round, I think both of those players would make a good impact on the Hawks team. But I will talk about some other players who may be good fits here in Atlanta who I like in the draft as well. Now, listeners, it's definitely great to see who is all available out there as far as the draft versus just zoning in on one player. Because more times than not, if you zone in on just one player and they don't end up on your team, it can make you bitter and be really, really disappointed that, oh, man, we didn't get this player. I've been really counting on getting this player. So I want to throw a barrage of players out for you to go back and look at on film, look at the numbers, so you can visualize yourself to see how they could potentially fit on this current roster. And this is still running off the scenario, as I mentioned, if we traded Dwayne Dedman and Kevin Herter away and received a 13th pick from New Orleans along with you holiday again, not a real thing, but something to chew on and think about for those who are just pushing for this drew holiday trade. So we'll start off with a player that was mentioned by Mr. Atlanta player development, RJ Hampton, who needs some development, but his talent is undeniable, undeniable. And he will be able to learn from Drew Holiday, Trey Young, and Nick McMillan, all three guards. Nick McMillan, a guard defensive-minded. Trey Young, a great scoring guard. And Drew Holiday, a blend of both. If we were able to get RJ Hampton on his team. Now, he's only 19 years old. So, him coming into a situation where he wouldn't be thrusted into the starting lineup yet. And can learn and make mistakes in a small sample size. Maybe coming off the bench. Next to some players who can could cover up some of those mistakes. And develop would be ideal for him. He's a 6'4 combo guard. Who opted out of playing college ball here in the States. As a top 5 recruit in his class to go overseas. To play in New Zealand. Where he averaged almost 9 points per game. 2.4 assists. Almost four rebounds, one steal, shot 40% from the field, and an abysmal 29.5% from three. He has a 6'7 wingspan, can ball handle, create, break down defenses off the dribble, very athletic, can jump, has a quick second jump. He's quick, explosive, has the ability to run the pick and roll effectively, especially with his threat to get to the rim at will almost. He's a very good passer, and his court vision is great as well. He can run downhill, blow past defenders in transition with his speed, and can play above the rim while having good body control 
this early in his basketball career, there's just some things about RJ Hampton you just can't teach. He just naturally possesses. Defensively, he has quick reflexes and length that will cause turnovers and deflections, get him some steals. But some of the things that he will need to do, he will need to get stronger, add a little bit more to his frame. He will need to grow in his maturity, his shot selection, improve in scoring at all three levels, especially consistency at the three-point line and mid-range. But I think him being placed in a situation with the pieces that we have here, hypothetically, if we have Drew Holiday, Trey Young, Nate McMillan is on staff, along with obviously Coach Lloyd Pierce, I think it will be a good thing for the Hawks long-term as he could be a potential replacement for Holiday down the road while playing behind him, practicing against him, learning from him, doing skill work. It could just really set up the Hawks, you know, down the road, having a backcourt with Trey Young and RJ Hampton there. But, I mean, we'll see. This is just a hypothetical scenario. Other players I like, if they happen to trade down, is the 20-year-old, 6'3", 200-pound shooting guard from Kentucky, Tyrese Maxey. He's a fast combo guard with the ability to score at all three levels, although he needs to improve from the three-point line. But it will come as he was an 83% free throw shooter in college. He has the ability to playmake while creating offense for himself and others. He's a crafty finisher around the rim. And as I mentioned, playmaking for others, he is really, really good in the pick and roll situation and making quick decisions and great decisions that ultimately lead to winning basketball. He can shoot the ball very well with driving and dishing out to people, which could be great. As well as, you know, we talk about Tyrese Maxey, just like RJ Hampton, being in a situation where he won't be thrusted into the starting lineup right away. He can learn from Drew Holiday Trey Young, and as I alluded to, if we sign Nate McMillan, Tyrese Maxey is seen as a, as a solid on-ball defender, which is something that would be valued here in Atlanta, and I'm sure he will learn a lot from Drew Holiday in that regard. He will need to improve his shot consistency, as I alluded to, shot selection, space creation, but could be an interesting young score that the Hawks could have coming off their bench When Drew or Trey or both are off the court, he can run the offense as well. And being placed in a system that would give him opportunities to play off the bench alongside good players would ultimately help elevate his play, help him to work on shot selection and growth in his game to add to what he already currently possesses naturally. And people and experts around the league are projecting him to be a six-man in this league, which the Hawks are desperately needing a six-man off the bench that can come in and just be instant offense. And that is something that Tyrese Maxey provides. He will come in and be able to score in this league right away, even being undersized as a two-guard, as I alluded to his craftiness around the rim, his speed, which and obviously playing on the fast break as well as if you watch a lot of film in Kentucky, he scored a lot in fast break situations, and that's where he thrives, and his team likes to play at a fast pace. So this could be a wonderful system for Tyrese Maxey to be placed in. The next player switching from guards is Precious Achua from Memphis. 
Now, as I allude to in the scenario with the Hawks trading away Deadman, but already having Collins, Capella, and Bruno Fernando, adding another forward would probably be imperative, especially one with the ability to rim protect, defend, and the potential to stretch the floor. Precious Atua is a physical, athletic power forward who stands at 6'9", 225 pounds, with a 7-2 and a quarter wingspan. Whew. He's an explosive athlete who is quick. It can give opposing fours trouble keeping him in front. He can jump quickly, block shots, rebound the ball extremely effectively, especially in the offensive end. And if he can add some strength, he can be a small ball five in some lineups here in the league. He plays with a high motor, which can help him and his team get second chance opportunities on offense. He's a strong finisher around the rim, a solid defender with quick feet. He will need to continue to improve on his ball skills. But with obviously you see the growth here in Atlanta with John Collins with his ball skills and shooting. I do not see that as a problem for pressures or two to come here and grow in that regard as well. He shot 40% from three at Memphis, but he only averaged one attempt in did have some really bad misses at Memphis with the three-point shot. So improving his shot would be imperative at some point in the league and improving his ball handling in the future to create offense for him, himself, and others. But just alone on his intangibles and explosiveness and how he plays, he reminds me of a Montrezl Harrell, but more explosive. And I've seen people compare him to Gerald Wallace slash Mo Harkless, which are Good comparisons, and I like that. They're both explosive in a way and have skill and can play above the rim. Having him off your bench with Bruno Fernando could make for a pretty good bench front court. And if he can improve his shot, honestly, with pressures of Chua, the sky is the limit. Another player that I think we could potentially draft at this position, and it's, it'll be funny because over the last couple of seasons, the Hawks seemingly have a connection to College Park. Not here in Atlanta, where the Skyhawks play, but College Park, Maryland, where the Maryland Terrapins play. And they've drafted Terrapins over the last few seasons, including Kevin Herter and Bruno Fernando. And I think this Terrapin could possibly be looked at for the Hawks in Jalen Smith, who's a long, versatile power forward, who is skillful, smart, and has the work ethic to go along with it. He is 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan who can shoot the three ball effectively at 36.8%, which is pretty good. And he shot 75% from the free throw line in his second season, which was an improvement from his freshman year where he shot 65%. And his length will allow him to be able to shoot over many defenders in this league. And he has a barrage of post moves as well to go along with that shot that makes him very, very effective in the paint as a scorer. He is seen as a quality defender by experts who can block shots with his long arms, keep people in front, but needs to add strength as well in bulk, continue to improve his shot making even more so and improve his ball handling. He is compared to by NBA mockdraft.com to Taj Gibson, who has been a very productive player and useful player in this league that is frustrated many teams that he goes against because although he does not move fluid and he does seem a little stiff at times compared to other players, he's always effective. And that's what they see in Jalen Smith. And it would be cool to reunite him with Bruno 
where they can work together here in Atlanta and as well as learn from Collins at Capella. And back to Taj Gibson, he's a player that when you see him and you're cheering against him, you're like, how is this guy scoring? How is this guy getting these shots over these very athletic people with long arms, uh, especially shooting further away from the basket and rarely getting a shot blocked? It's because of his long arms that Taj Gibson possesses that made him effective for years and years and years and always finding a spot on an NBA roster. As I know, I'm famously remember him being on that Bulls team, playing for the T-Wolves. Players like that will always find a spot in his league. And if Jalen Smith can come in there and mirror that and be even better, he will always find a spot on a roster in this league. And hopefully, if, if the Hawks did trade down and they like what they saw from Jalen Smith, reunite him with Bruno and see how effective he can be with this Hawks team as a stretch four. And the last player that I want to mention as a potential trade back is another, he's not really a project. He's a project as far as maturity and growth, but his talent is undeniable. Jaden McDaniel from the University of Washington. He has a talent to be a face-up four with really good perimeter skills early on. He is 6'10 with a 7-foot wingspan, has the footwork, athleticism, and size to play positionless basketball in today's game. As he can pull up from the mid-range game, he shot 33% from three last year in his one year at Washington. He has a high quick shot release, just like I alluded to with Smith. And that lends that he will pretty be a, be a pretty good shooter for years to come in this league, especially if you already have really good form and base. And he was a 76% free throw shooter last year, which is a really good starting point as far as developing a consistent three-point shot. He can rebound the ball. He has the skills to guard multiple positions in this league. He can block shots, but only at 200 pounds. We'll need to add some weight and get ready to play some more physically imposing players. Even in today's game, not as much banging and physicality. You still got to be prepared for that when coming into the professional ranks. But he is young, as I alluded to. He's only 20 years old. But with that youth, he needs to work on his maturity in his game, which includes shot selection, attention to detail, focus, and sustained intensity throughout all the minutes that he is on the court. And that will come with age and more experience. But he also has flashes of having a bad attitude, having five technicals last year, which is something that I'm sure McMillan, Pierce, and the franchise who is wanting to win now will not tolerate that, especially from a young rookie, but his potential and his ceiling is extremely high. If placed in the right situation. And I've seen people when he came out of high school, compare him to a baby Kevin Durant. That's a mighty, mighty bold uh, superlative to put on a young player that young in his career. But if he can mature continue to develop some things in his game, he could be a proven steal for this Hawks team if they were to trade back in this hypothetical scenario and get J.D. McDaniel. So those are a couple names that I threw out. If you guys think about the scenario and see some players that you like that I did not mention, feel free to tweet them out to me. And if you guys love what you heard from me today, give us five stars here at Hootball Hawks like those notebooks and binders that it seemed like all the cool kids had in school. I know I had it. All my guests who have been on the show recently had five-star notebooks. 
and those are usually some cool customers and i'm a cool customer as well so give this amazing show a really good review subscribe share it with fellow hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe follow us at hoopballhawks on twitter that is at hoopballhawks follow myself brad jarrett 67 that is brad j-a-r-r-e-t-t 67 on twitter and as always yeah